0: It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast, with your host, horror and sci-fi author, John Crinan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 65 of Great Writers Share, the podcast where every week we grab an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around to join us in the show and discuss their approach to the craft of writing, publishing and staying creative. It is Monday the 7th of December as I record this, so let's dive into my personal update. I won NanoRimo. I actually finished the target uh, a few days early. Uh, And that's thanks in large part to my guest this week. And we chat about Nano quite a bit in this episode, so I'll leave any more about this until the interview segment and just jump straight into our question of the week. Thank you to everyone who answered. The question we asked was, what did you learn writing your first novel? Yanni Jade says, I learned that all my instinctual ideas weren't enough to make a great work of art. I needed to learn from masters of the craft and really learn what it means to be a writer. There's always room for improvement. Fay Trask answered, don't cry over the keyboard because water and electricity don't mix. I've learned don't edit while you write. I got so stuck on getting a scene perfect that I lost a lot of time that could have been put towards writing new scenes. Holly Lyon said that she learned so much that my first idea is never the best one, don't cut a longer book in two without properly wrapping up the first part, and hire an editor. And finally, Daniel Wilcox said that he learned that if he could do it once, he could do it again. Absolutely, I could not agree more. Today's guest is Samantha Frost, and we talk about winning NaNoWriMo, writing groups and the importance of creativity, plus so much more. But before we get into the show, I wanted to remind you about our Patreon community over at patreon.com forward slash great share, where for as little as $1 a month, You can get involved in our behind the scenes group, benefiting from early ad free access to episodes of the show. Join our private Slack channel, ask upcoming guests any of your questions and get to watch our monthly Q&A videos where me and the other hosts discuss important topics like which one of us we'd eat first if stranded together on a desert island. So if you like the idea of upping your author career and getting all that good stuff, then one more time, that's patreon.com forward slash great writer share. And now without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one, the only, Samantha Frost.
1: Samantha Frost is an actor and first-time novelist who recently took on the challenge of NanoRiMo, that is to write 50,000 words in 30 days, and won in spectacular fashion, storming through her first draft in only 14 days, and then completing her second draft all before November 30th. As an actor, Sam appeared in the feature film Seat 25, which won Best Pro Feature and the Raw Jury Prize at the Raw Science TV and Film Festival. She also wrote, directed, produced and starred in the short comedy film Oak Smoked. And I met Sam as part of Daniel Wilcox's recent NaNoWriMo book camp where, right from the start, Sam's energy and determination really cemented her status as a NaNo winner long before she hit the target word count. And I am very excited to welcome her to the podcast. Sam, thank you very much for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm blushing. That was probably more nice words in one sentence than I've ever heard before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're all deserved. Oh, well, thank you. Of course, of course. So, <laughs> as I said in the intro, you and I have been fellow participants in mm-hmm. this bootcamp writing group over the last month. Uh, yeah. And during, during that time, it's become pretty clear to me that you're a very creative individual and you've spent a number of years <laughs> in the arts. You've got the acting background, the short film, that you wrote and directed, and now you're writing books. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, just to start us off, if you could talk a little bit about your creative journey so far.
2: Yeah. Um, God, I mean, I've been desperately clawing for other people's attention since I was, I don't know, probably one. <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> far back, but most likely. Um. But, yeah, I remember I started off kind of um, doing concerts Um, I say concerts, that's wildly overstating it. Just me singing loudly along to, I I don't know, probably like Steps and Christina Aguilera and stuff like that in the living room and just demanding my family's attention. Um, And then I wanted to be a singer um, and I put a lot of kind of effort into that and then drama school. Um, So yeah, I did that, obviously. Then the acting that you've talked about, um, but I think, like, recently, I'm 34 now, so I'm, I'm getting on a bit. Um,
1: Don't say that.
2: I'm <laughs> 34. So, um, recently, I've been really kind of understanding my relationship with creativity a bit more. And I apologise if that sounds so wanky. Um, but i have found it to be necessary is is the the best way i can say it um so yeah if i'm not acting or writing or whatever then i'm just painting or writing poems or anything like that it just it helps keep the um the voices at bay <laughs> or i should say it helps get the voices out um and then hopefully they'll shut up for a bit
1: do you think it was? That's
2: such a question. Sorry.
1: It, uh, it absolutely does. I didn't know about the singing for a start. I knew that if I asked mm. that question right up front, because <laughs> we only met at the start of the boot camp. So I'm still learning mm. about your background. Obviously, it's a first time, novelist. You've got the acting stuff online, but I, yeah. I figured if I if I asked that, there might be a couple of other little things that you had done, <laughs> and the singing I didn't know about. So that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think like that draw? to the arts that you had, you said that you were singing and demanding attention from mm-hmm. one year old. Yeah. Do you think it was always necessary? Do you think looking back, it was just to get the attention? Or do you think like it's it's actually always been a sort of necessary part of you as a person?
2: I mean, I think that it's definitely a combination of the two. Um, I... I was certainly using it, um, and still am. Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna try to pretend that like I'm so above looking for the attention. Um, I think I was using it for a long time because I wasn't finding attention in places that children would expect to find the attention without like bringing the podcast down to a <laughs> violin level. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of started off that way, but also gosh a really good question. Sorry. I'm just I'm trying to formulate a an answer. I think it I think it goes hand in hand. Um and I know for me like I've had a lot of life um in my years um and a lot of experiences that I wouldn't necessarily recommend or wish on other people but they have fueled certain um projects and drives uh when it comes to creativity and of course I mean to be an actor there is something there that says hey check me out like you it's even if it's small and anyone that says no no I do it for like it, bullshit there has to be something there because you're standing in front of people whether it's you know, a camera or an audience and, and performing. And that takes, you know, some kind of deficiency in the brain. <laughs> to <need> that attention. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, I do, I read uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's um, Big Magic uh, a couple of years ago and I adore that book. And she talks about creativity for creativity's sake. Um, and that's somewhere that I'm aiming for. Like, I'm not quite there yet, because for me, the two things that, that you asked about are so kind of married together that I need a reason um, to to create. Um, so, for example, uh, Nano, I'm writing a book for my niece for Christmas. Um, and well, that's how it started anyway. It's kind of, you know, snowballed a bit from there. But that was my reason. Um you know i paint christmas cards for people i it, it, there's there's always the person in in my head that i'm doing this for and of course it helps me hugely um so i guess it's kind of selfish really but for me, yeah for me it's it's that need of wanting to make something and then say here like this is for you um So I think probably a bit of both. I would, like I say, I would really like to get to that point where I just kind of, I don't know, sit down and think I'm going to paint a picture of some fruit or my dog and no one needs to see it. And it's just for me. But I think um, I'm a way off that yet. Possibly some meditating in a cave is needed. (laughs) Um, But who's got the time, John? (laughs) Who's got the time?
1: That's years off my cave meditation uh, uh, <laughs> phase as well. I'm, I'm a long way away from that. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't haven't really formulated my thoughts on this either, but I think it's it's interesting how the creativity that pretty much every child exhibits. Um, that sort of love for just drawing and painting and singing and making mm. noises, um, how it only survives to adulthood in some of us and yeah. in others, it's, it, it's kind of lost. And there's a, I think there's a quote, which I'll probably butcher is the, <laughs> the creative is the child who survived or something along those lines.
2: Oh gosh, I love that.
1: I quite like that as well. And yeah, I'm not really trying to make any, point about it but I just think it's an, an interesting thing and it's something to be celebrated when that when that creativity that creative journey is a lifelong journey is, is so special did you have that yeah. you said from one from one year old you <laughs> had that was there ever any break in that uh, joy of creativity did you ever find a time where you know I'm thinking like the sort of teens the, mm. That that period where everyone thinks uh the stuff I enjoyed when I was young is, isn't cool anymore. Did you have that?
2: <laughs> um well first of all I was being slightly hyperbolic by one, but definitely around six. <laughs> um No is the is the short answer. Um I I think I've the older I've got, the more I have needed it um for expressing myself. And actually I'm just just thinking that singing is the exception when it comes to um like creating for the people i'm just thinking about the previous question quickly um i sing all the time for me that's that's a that's the thing it it, it brings my mood up but no (laughs) there has been no break there has been times um because i have a, a just a plethora of uh, mental health diagnoses so there has been times when say depression has kind of pulled me away um from enjoying things and particularly with the acting that's why I, I had to kind of take a step back for a while um just because it was it was too much um for kind of my anxiety and that's when i really fell into writing because i was like i can do this in my bed yes um but no, I mean, during school, I was... Oh, there's so many embarrassing videos of me um, singing show tunes and I was a witch at one point. No, I I mean, I accepted from a young age that as much as I wanted to be cool, I was never going to be. So I just kind of leaned into <laughs> the stuff that I wanted to do, um, which was sit in my room, watch Buffy um, and, you know, drama and music um and i mean i remember i was talking about this someone the other day and i can't remember who it was but i remember we got in english homework once and we had to like uh, create um like a fictional beast or monster or something like that and it was just like a one page assignment and i created an entire demon anthology i mean like i got the tea bags out and stained the paper and did the pictures and the cover and everything. And I just remember my English teacher being like, I said one page. And I was like, well, you've got
1: this.
2: (laughs) 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 So no is is the answer. I I can't think of a time where I've kind of, you know, stepped away from it um, for any reason other than just, you know, not being well. Yeah. But it always makes me feel better. That's the thing.
1: No, I can I can completely understand that. And, um, you know, what you said earlier about how it's the only way to uh, maybe not silence the voices, but get them out of your head. I completely relate to that. If you can lose (laughs) yourself in a creative project, whether it's something like a podcast uh, or a book or something that will never be seen by anyone else, it's Mm. uh, it's a, a valuable exercise if it if it helps you in that in in that way um (laughs) the fact that you over delivered on your assignment (laughs) does not surprise me in the slightest because I got to witness your energy uh as part (laughs) of the book camp before we talk about the book camp can you because I realize I actually don't know the answer to this I, I, I don't know much about the book that you're actually writing you mentioned it that you were writing it for your niece, which is something I mm-hmm. definitely want to dig into in a little bit. But can you just tell us what you can? I realise that it's not finished yet, so I'm not asking you to share anything mm. uh, that you don't want to. But could you tell us a little bit about the novel, like what genre it's in? Um, yeah, where yeah, it's, it's sitting it's, it's, in the process right now. I think you're in the third draft, if I'm right, from what we've spoken of offline.
2: Yeah. So it is um, YA, real what y- like YYA, because my niece is ten, but she reads. Um, you know slightly older she's incredibly intelligent and wonderful um and it's fantasy um and it is it follows um, a young girl called Astrid um who kind of finds out in the beginning of the book that her life is not what she thought it was um and it's a it's kind of it's a coming of age um story really and a hero's journey and i just I wanted to write something for my niece that celebrated perseverance and ambition and um, friendship and love and all of those things um, and had a strong female lead. Um, and, And I don't mean strong as in physically strong although she is she's you know she's physically strong um but I won't go into too much of that because that spoils but um but she's strong in the sense of she's we find her at the beginning of the book and she has been in an orphanage for three years and it is a hellscape um she is relentlessly bullied for just everything uh, the teachers are not the best to put it nicely Um, and she survived and she survived not just physically, but emotionally, she's found ways to get through that. Um, and it was kind of important for me to have that in there because, um, Amber, that's my niece, she goes to, um, secondary school. She starts secondary school next year. And I wanted those messages there that, the outside world will always be telling you to change, always. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what you do, who you love, any of those things, it doesn't matter. There will always be outside forces telling you you are not good enough, you are not funny enough or you know, attractive enough or smart enough or all of the enoughs that you can think of. But actually, if it doesn't matter what those things are, then why try to change yourself? Because the world is going to laugh at the changes anyway. So you might as well stay true to who you are and fuck them. And I kind of so I wanted that in in um, Astrid, who's like I say the the protagonist. Um, yeah, because I needed that when I was that age. I mean, like I say, you know, I I figured it out, but I just yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we follow her basically, and it's we go through different worlds, um, and and she discovers who she is and who she always was actually. And yeah, I've I've absolutely fallen in love with her in the book. Um, while writing it, it's been a wonderful experience.
1: Yeah, wow, I, I think that's such a great foundation to start from. You're starting. From a a place where you want to impart the life lessons that you've picked up over the years to someone that you care about. And it's like starting with, this is why I want to write this book, not what I'm writing about, kind of Mm -hmm. in a way. And that seems like a a very strong foundation to build a story and plot from. Um, Has the story of Astrid been something that you've had in you for a long time or did you decide to write a book and then just start figuring out the plot based on the sort of life lessons that you did want to
2: impart? Okay, so funny story. The book originally was going to be called The Magic Bed, and it's called The Transference, so slightly different. It was going to be called The Magic Bed, and it was going to be um, about a bed (laughs) that could travel, you know, anywhere it could turn into a submarine or an airplane or a car or whatever and it was completely protected um only the people that you wanted to could get onto the bed like there were different but because it I used to have this when I was a kid it was kind of like my protection um thing so I, I would imagine and I had one of those like headboards with the little buttons in so each button did something I was like I'm gonna write her a story about this and it'll be amazing and now um the magic bed features for one scene and it doesn't do any of those things. It's just a transport that is, (laughs) that breaks very quickly. Um, so no is the answer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I definitely had, um, the idea for the character first. I'm a big fan of character driven things. So anything like my favorite programs or books um are really really uh, focused on the characters so for example uh, if we're talking tv brooklyn 99 is like the characters are ridiculous but they are so like focused in on on who they are that it works um so yeah i i had astrid in my head and i had her um companion in my head memnon and and then i was like okay now I need to think of a story because that's kind of how books work. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I start from the character. And I guess it makes sense as an actor, you would start there. But, yeah, so Astrid, well, the bed came first, then Astrid and then Remnon. And then um, I sat down and I, I kind of, I never, th- I, I I never really thought about like, okay, what lessons do I impart? Um. I thought I thought about as as in in that strictest sense um i th- I thought about who I wanted astrid to be um so I guess it's kind of similar but I never thought okay I like i when I'm reading a book or watching a film if it feels kind of like they're shoving a message down my throat I'm like no thanks like no matter whether I agree with it or not I'm like you've offended me and I can't deal with it I'm too sensitive for this. You're you're forcing something on me. You're telling me what to do. Um, So, yeah, I was just, it was, it was more a case of who do I want Astrid to be? Um, And, and how is she going to handle these situations? Because I think, especially with children, because I've got one of my own, um, you can tell them something over and oh fucking over again i'm so many times and they won't do it but you like you accidentally drop your coat on the floor once and for the next five years that's what they're doing they they listen with their eyes not their ears um so i kind of i wanted it to be an example that way as as opposed to um you know kind of i don't know saying like this is the things and things i wanted to kind of set an example i mean i did it with my son when he was um that was a couple of years ago he was really struggling in um junior school infant i went to a primary so bloody infant junior confuses me junior
1: yeah i can't help you on this in scotland it's different naming as well and that's where i So,
2: too many too many names for different schools um but i I wrote him a set of um picture books um about a, a little alien called rory. and And it was all about the emotional struggles that he was going through. And um, so there's Rory the alien wants to, uh, wants to be normal, and Rory, the alien's sad. And there's another one. I can't remember. It's Rory the alien is something shocker. Um, but by by doing it that way, i he he kind of understood more because he was reading. He was well. He's following a peer in a sense, um, as opposed to you know your parents who you're like yeah yeah whatever. You you forget that they've been that age and they probably know more than you. I'm still not sure on that point, Um, (laughs) but yeah. So uh, that's that's my answer.
1: (laughs) It's a good answer. There's a lot there to unpack, but I just think it's you're you're right. I think that's the wonder of story is that it allows us to live through experiences that we've never experienced, through mm-hmm. a character that we embody to a certain extent, and we can take away lessons. I mean, that's the the whole byproduct of seeing a character change and be changed yeah. by what's happening in, in the story. And that's kind of, I think, not to sound too grand, but why story exists is to teach those lessons in, in yeah. a weird way, you know, going back to when we were all sitting around the campfire. Um, this is the, you know, <laughs> they're drawing the, the lions quite... and tigers on the... <laughs> the cave wall and that is you know just to tie it back to our meditation caves in our future you know back in the back in the day they had the cave paintings and it was like if you see one of these um you (laughs) want to run and this is why and this is the story i'm going to tell you and really you know our stories are a little bit more complicated and um elaborate now but it's i think it comes down to the same thing or it can do it boils down to that
2: i think it does i mean you know like you say in in around the campfire that's killed me um (laughs) (laughs) just like you know oh we've had a busy day let's sit around the campfire Um, (laughs) you know in in in, back then it was if you see one of these run the other way um or at least run faster than the person that's with you um
1: (laughs) that's also good advice
2: yes i don't have to be quicker than the tiger just have to be quicker than you um and but I think I think that's still the case now. It's just you know, there are tigers and wolves in the world, many, and they come in, you know, all sorts of disguises. and I think I think you're right. I think it's the same thing. Um, you know, we might not have to run away from literal bears and tigers and lions and all that kind of thing now. Um, but there are certainly, you know, like I say, wolves in the world. Um, so yeah, I think I think books still serve that purpose. Story still serves that purpose. I, it shows you, you know, just because a wolf looks like an attractive woman or man or because they seem friendly, you know it, it's it's about the guises that humanity can take on, or you know aliens or or whatever, depending on the story, but yeah, I think I think it definitely still serves that purpose.
1: A hundred percent. I'm with you. Uh, The book, as it stands, it's in third draft. Mm -hmm. Have you let anyone read it yet?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So um, my sister, my big sister, um, I have read her up to the beginning. So the the book is set into uh, three parts. Um, the Orphanage, Erdensia and uh, Trinitatia. so i've I've let i've I haven't let her read it. I have read it to her. Um, not that I'm a control freak. <laughs> um, up until just after the second chapter of uh, part two. Um, yeah, so I've been reading it to, to her. But other than that, hell no, I haven't let anyone anyone know. one of the uh, one of our fellow um book campers, has very generously um offered to kind of help me with the edit and stuff and I'm like yeah yeah yeah, but not yet <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I know it's going to be rough when we edit it but it's still too rough I'm I'm very particular about people seeing things before they're at a stage that I'm happy for them to be seen you know you know it's 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 kind of that same mentality of, you know, how like if your parents are visiting, you, you run around and you tidy the whole house and then you might like just, you know, drop a, a bit of rubbish on the floor or knock something over. And when they come around, you're like, oh, god, I'm sorry, it's such a mess. I haven't had time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. Oh, so it has to be in a, a certain place before I'm happy to let other people, especially other people that are also writers, because I'm still very very new uh long form um writing so yes and no is the answer but my sister seems to be very much enjoying it it's made her cry a couple of times um because she was in the story not because it was terrible i should make that
1: clear <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my awesome.
2: god it's just so horrible that's um,
1: always good when you can get tears and even in an early draft oh, you're you're nailing it for sure that's uh, that's very exciting <laughs> um you mentioned the book camp and we we really should talk about the book camp it's the yes. reason that we both met uh, this was mm-hmm. daniel wilcox's nano raymore book camp where we all got mm-hmm. together about um Oh, about eighteen of us, something like that. There was a good, mm-hmm. there was a good group. Yeah, and it was, we, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. We got together twice a week under uh, Dan's uh, leadership, uh, all on yep. Zoom, and we remotely did some writing sprints. Uh, I, I had my experience of the boot camp, but can you just share what was your experience of the bootcamp camp now that it's in the rearview mirror?
2: God, I know, isn't that insane? I feel like I've been living in November since like 500 years ago and also that it never happened um <laughs> so like it's so bizarre so i um i i was never even intended on doing nano let alone a boot camp um because i think it's insane i think it is a fully insane thing and i i just i happened to see dan um he was being interviewed um by jenna moresi on her youtube channel about horror um and i was like oh my god he's english (laughs) like let me let me have a look into this dude and then i was on his website and i saw the the boot camp um and i was like oh and this was like two days before nano and i was like oh oh No, maybe not. And because I can't be told what to do by anybody, including myself, the second I said no was the second I added it to my car and and then did it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I literally have to trick myself into doing things. It is ridiculous. I am just a comical human being that has to jump through hoops to get myself. It's ridiculous. Um, But. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was kind of a bit nervous because I was like, well, you know, I, I don't know if it's all going to be first-time writers or or all going to be you know authors of prestige. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. But what I fell into, quite literally, was a group of just the best people. It has been one of the best kind of experiences. I think I've ever had I'm I have a saying that well I say I me and my sister Rhiannon we have a saying that is um I hate people but I love persons um (laughs) and I found so many awesome persons in that boot camp um so supportive and 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 helpful and I I mean Nano was never my goal, and I said this to Dan. We were talking about it, and I said, because he was saying, you know, he he told me that he was like, you can take a day off, you know, that's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I said, yeah, but I can't because Nano is not my goal. Um, The book is my goal because I'm the reason I I decided um, to to do all of it was to have something to hold my feet to the fire because I'd taken a long time planning the book. I mean, I'm literally, um, as I'm talking to you, I can see my character boards and the the outlines and I've got folders and, and all sorts. Um, and I spent a lot of time doing that. And then I'd kind of gone, okay, I can take a break now from that at least because as we've discussed off air, I'm not very good with, um, days off and breaks. um, and and it kind of fell in the rear view, even though I knew it had to get done. It was like, ah, it's fine. I'll do it on the night. Um, turns out novels are a bit harder than that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did sprint through quite quickly. Um, but that was because it's a Christmas present. Um, <laughs> so at least, you know, the kind of the unprofessionally edited version um, is, is for her. And I was just supported throughout that um I mean that we getting text messages from Dan every morning, you know the group, these kind of like mini we few we 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 um oh God, I've forgotten the quote, how embarrassing we few we marry few we you know it it was very much kind of that feeling um and and just having the chats on the side and and just gif-a-thons and yet still getting <laughs> oh no, I oh know, I'm so bad. I'm so I can't help it. I've always got my phone in my hand because either my son is at school and I'm terrified I'm gonna miss a call about him or he's with his dad and I'm terrified something's gonna happen or I just got it in my hand because he's in the room and I'm terrified he's going to talk to me. Um, So there's always some level of terror there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'll be, like, writing and then I'll just think, oh, GIF. Oh, yeah, it's bad. But to answer your question succinctly, (laughs) which I think (laughs) is a bit too late to do that now, but should you wish to edit to a shorter answer, it has been amazing. Dan is incredible. He has been so supportive. and the the people in the bootcamp, including yourself, John, have been so amazing and supportive and just a, like good people. It's a kind of restore your faith in humanity kind of bunch of people. And I don't do um, compliments with sincerity very often. So I'm sure I'm going to hear... lot of things about this but yes they are an amazing group of people and i love them and it's been incredible and just a huge thanks to dan for for doing it because i've met people that i hope to be in my life for forever now or as long as you know i'm capable of drawing breath so it has been awesome and yeah <laughs> that was the short version
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was good and i shall not be editing any of it and that oh, sincere good. compliment um is now recorded for for posterity forever so yeah all your fellow participants can listen to it on repeat as much as they like um,
2: awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you were you were really an active member of the group and actually everyone was was very active this is one of the things because I agree with you it was a spectacular group of, of individuals mm-hmm. and the stars really aligned in a way yeah. that they don't always for these um gatherings no. and everyone was active you especially so and I've been I'm not talking about the book camp but I've been in writing groups in the past and you see people kind of turning up and they they kind of very much keep to themselves and they stay quiet in the background. And it's unfortunate, but in my experience, they often will eventually stop coming altogether. Um, Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, does that kind of muck in an attitude that get involved attitude and does that come naturally to you or is it something you need to cultivate?
2: I think, um, I think it comes naturally. I think it's, um, Born of anxiety, <laughs> um, so I often can find myself uh, talking too much. And I've spoken in many of our um, Zoom chats, um, particularly the weekend ones, which were insane um, about <laughs> about the fact that I don't I don't have a filter. I, um, I don't know if, if I was born with one and it broke um, or I have I was just never given one. So it takes a lot of energy for me to filter myself. Um, and when I am particularly anxious, um, ill, tired, hungry, anything, anything that requires um, energy, I forget to keep that filter up. So my anxiety makes me blah, like talk a lot and get involved. And there's also a fundamental need in me to prove myself. Um, it is not healthy. I am very aware that it is not healthy. But it, it it's, I mean, it goes back to, I remember I used to get um, signed up for all of the, the the runs during sports day. So they'd send me out of the form room to do some bullshit errand. And when I would come back, they'd fucking signed me up for like the 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600 and hurdles and the friggin' relay because they knew that I would rather die on the track than not finish first. And it is it's part of my pathology and it is something that I hope to not always be there. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's helpful when you're getting um, stuff done, but it's also like a huge detriment to, well, I mean, I have insomnia, for example, that's probably part of it. Um, just lots of different things. So it, it's good to go, look, look at what I achieved, like, you know, smiling, glossy to the world. And, but behind that, you're just kind of like, I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of it is born from like, I need to prove myself. Um, and particularly at the beginning, that kind of anxiety of, I don't know what this is going to be and I don't like silence. So let me just shout at everybody until they either join in or tell me to shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you were there because that energy, like I said, in my, in my intro for you, that energy was very, um, Infectious, and I, oh, I think it you. brought so many people along with you on on this mad journey to sprint <laughs> and write this book in record time, um, which you did. Uh, mm. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think <laughs> the writing experience of the book would be like if you hadn't discovered Nano? If you hadn't discovered the book camp, you've obviously got this deadline, which I'm guessing was in place before you booked up I think you said that it, it that it was where yeah. do you think you would be right now if you haven't hadn't found that would that um urgency have kicked in by now or do you think you would still be waiting on do it on the night type do thing? It on the
2: night well what, what we are now we're in December aren't we we That's are on yeah we're yeah. recording yeah. this
1: on December 4th and it's right. going to go yes. out next week so it's quite Oof. quite close yeah
2: um yeah okay so I think by now it would have kicked in I think, I hope. I could be lying. Um, yeah, I think by now it would have kicked in. But I, I'm now in a position where I am refining something that I've written, where if I had waited and, and you know, started now, it, it wouldn't be nearly half of what it could be, if that makes sense. Does that it make does. sense?
1: It does. It does make sense. Yeah. Because I'm wired a bit like you I think in in mm. in quite a few ways, but specifically in the way that I'm a very much do it on the night guy <laughs> as well and I've got away with it I've gotten away with it my oh, yeah. entire life because I generally can pull it off. I can yeah. generally do the thing that I need to do in quite record time or on the night. Yeah. Um, but I always think afterwards oh if I just put in if I just <laughs> yeah. started a little bit sooner, and you would think that lesson had would finally get into my brain, but it doesn't seem to.
2: No, well, always... it doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> because it hasn't gotten into mine either.
1: Yeah, but it's a very difficult lesson to learn.
2: The problem is, is that every time you pull it off, you are validated that, that you don't need to put in more effort. I mean, all the way through school, um, I, I, I I worked that way and I got like pretty decent grades at the end of it. Um, I remember my mum calling up, like, Sam, are you revising? And, like, me pausing Buffy and being like, have you had any letters from my teachers to tell you that I haven't had my homework in a time or that my anything's slipping? She's like, no. I said, well, then, get off the back. <laughs> 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 I was such a delight to my mother as a teenager. Mum, I'm so sorry. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've always been that way. I I I, I thrive under that pressure. My brain works in a way under that pressure. I can plan, like with this book, I planned beforehand and I took my time with that because I had the time. I mean, I stupidly, um, for my niece's birthday, I sent her um, like a blurb and I'd drawn the characters um, and I had a little bit about all the characters and it was like, coming this Christmas. (laughs) And so so then I, I had to do it, right? Because that would be a proper dick move if i was like uh when i said this christmas that that i, I, d- I meant um d- sorry <laughs> do you know what i mean like you have to do it um yeah so i think probably like now mm, maybe next week um i would have been like right shit got to get it written um yes but it, it is it's the pressure i mean it creates diamonds out of coal right to, it does. To, it does. to use a very worn analogy
1: <laughs> no i think that's such a that's such an important thing that you did uh by setting up by making that promise at her birthday because you put in some serious stakes that you yeah could not go back you could not go back on and that is kind of what you need to do and it's kind of what um the book camp group the, achieved as well, just by the accountability, because we were all yeah. on this journey together. And you mentioned oh, briefly. Did so good. Everyone did so good. <sighs> yeah. Um, so many people uh, hit that 50K and, and surpassed it. And yeah. uh, it was amazing. And, and yeah. Um, but that accountability of the group. And yeah, you mentioned the Sunday sessions which we should just talk about briefly because <laughs> oh, when Jesus. I signed up for the bootcamp, camp I kind of expected you know I, I knew that I was I knew kind of what I was getting in for it was going to be two weekly uh, zoom sessions where I would do some sprints uh-huh. and I expected to do my 1600 1700 <laughs> words a day that's the that's what you need to hit to win nano but yep. what I didn't count on was I mean I'm, I don't even know whose idea it was I'm gonna guess you were Heavily involved in in planning the Sunday sessions, but they basically, they basically <laughs> they basically turned into epic epic days. Now I wasn't on; I only made it to one or two of them, but yeah, quite a few we of you, the core group. You. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to let you down. <laughs> uh, but when I did clock in, you know, I had my best days uh, word count wise. Um, mm-hmm. you guys were regularly hitting ten k days, I think, on on oh, Sundays. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, well. Do you know what? I tell you what. Thinking about it, I think those weekends came from two things. One, because it was Holly, like Holly gets the credit.
1: Um, oh, sorry. Oh, was it Holly? I didn't yeah, realize. Holly.
2: Yeah, and because I I can't remember who like originally suggested it or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. Um, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, "What's this? Uh, more time? Yes, please." Um, and Holly, like, very generously, um, just you know, she would she'd open a Zoom room from kind of like eleven till eleven, um, and you know, people would come and go throughout the day. And yet, those days, it was the Sundays. The Saturdays were kind of more relaxed. The Sundays, and the reason, the reason we had those crazy Sundays is Dan. Blame Dan because he would like set a challenge at the beginning of the week uh, that there would be some kind of reward or something. And he hinted once that there could be um, a performance that he would do. And that was it,
1: <laughs>
2: that was fucking it. Like the blinkers went on and we were like, we need to get these words. And that's where 10K Sundays came from. I mean, I, the last the last Sunday that we did, it was me and, uh, well, it was lots of people, but it was me and Laura at, right at the end um, and Deb. And we were there till like almost two in the morning, and we were like only twenty thousand more words to do, and we get the reward. We can we can do it. And bearing in mind that it, at the beginning of the day it was close to like a hundred thousand, possibly more, that we we had to get in that Sunday. Um, and obviously we didn't get those ourselves. Like we everyone together came and and did it. But yeah, it was. It's just it was that camaraderie and that. Um, that not having to stick to strict break times uh. <laughs> <laughs> because people, people, you know, people would say like, I can't keep up with the chats and, and this kind of thing. And I was like, I need that because I work so fast. My brain works so fast. That if I, if I don't stop every now and again and just have that space to vent or, or talk or just send stupid memes to people, um, then I'll crash into a wall, and I can't afford to crash. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what the weekends became these insanely high word count days with the biggest breaks and the most. I mean, you were <laughs> you, you got a crash course in the kind of crap that we took um, when you when you turned up that first Saturday. Just just utter nonsense, but but it <laughs> was.
1: That's what I loved about it. I loved how, yeah, just the group of the the instant friendships that that happened in the group and the uh, (laughs) in-jokes that built up over the month. It was just one of those things that can take a long time to... um, to re- relationships that, c- that can take a long time to build and, and nurture just immediately sprung to life under the, the pressure yep. of like, we're all in the same boat. We've all got to get this 50 K and uh, yeah, the, the, the Dan's challenge uh, Dan's weekly challenges were fiendish because he didn't challenge yeah. us the first week. So we all wrote no. for the first week and then he brought out, okay guys, you've managed <sighs> this in week one I want you to beat that combined word count in week two. So there was no (laughs) chance of us, there was no chance of us having that sort of middle dip that you sometimes get. You couldn't take your foot off the gas because there was people there like yourself, just cheering everyone on. And it was, it was the reason that I hit 50 K. I I've done nano before I've won before I've lost before I won this year and I'm sure that if it hadn't been for all of you i i wouldn't be sitting here at a nano winner so i thank you for that oh you're very welcome <laughs> how did you feel when you hit that 50k mark on day 14 i believe it was in yeah. your head was it this is this is two questions in one one how did it feel two with your mindset was it was it inevitable for you in your head that you were going to reach fifty k was there ever oh, okay. any doubt
2: no th- no there was no doubt in my head um and I don't mean that to sound like oh I knew I could do it, but like I say fifty k wasn't the goal for me mm. the book is the goal, and I had set it up in my head that the that nano needed to be um one. In those first two weeks, so that I could concentrate on the rest of the book, because I was like, if I can get fifty thousand words in, then I, I'll have some idea of how to do this thing. Um, as yeah, so so no, um, it it was never there was never a point where I doubted that I would hit the word count, but I think that's more of a case of I never. You can't doubt something that isn't there. So it's very difficult for me to explain, but I, I have lots of people have said stuff like this to me before, like, oh my God, why didn't you do? Like drama school, for example, second year, I was homeless, um, not on the streets, homeless, but I, I didn't have enough money um, to have my own place. And I was saving up for um, for the third year to go live with my sister and stuff. So I was kind of um, sofa, what do they call it? Surfing, C-couch couch surfing. surfing, Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember someone saying to me a couple of years back, like, why didn't you just go home? Like what? That sounds horrible. And I and I said, well, it never occurred to me. And it, it's it's not that I'm this, you know, person that's like, I will do this. It just it, it doesn't enter my brain when I have truly set my sights on something. That's it. The, the decision has been made. And and that's that's what I'm going for. Um. Yeah. God, I sound like such a prick.
1: No, you don't. You don't at all. I think that is incredibly important for people to hear. Um, I think along similar lines, and this is something I've had to work on. I'm not naturally good at this, um, but I don't remember who originally, where I originally heard this idea or... I might have read it. I might have heard it in a podcast. I, I'm not sure. But it was basically the idea that once you make a decision, it's done. You don't mm-hmm. need to put in ex- any extra work, any extra brain power. If you say tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I'm going out for a run, you don't have to get up at 5.30 tomorrow and think, am I going for that run? You've already yeah. made the decision. The decision yeah. has been made. You just Now all you've got to do is do the run. And yeah when i heard that i just thought oh that changes everything that's so yeah. important but it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and it sounds like it just comes naturally to you you make a decision you don't then need to make the decision again it's done it doesn't matter if you made the decision two weeks prior or two minutes prior um yeah you never have to revisit that thought
2: <laughs> no and but i mean let me make this very clear this this is about stuff like this there (laughs) things like making dinner um and minutiae that that kind of stuff then I'm constantly having to remind myself that that I made a decision to keep feeding me and my son when I don't want to get off the sofa um but no when it comes to comes to big stuff yeah I mean it's that quote by um is it Emily Earhart it, the decision it's I'm, I'm going to butcher this, the decision is the hard part. The rest is paper tigers, I think is the quote. It's something along those lines. Um, and yeah, it is just about that if it is important to you, if it is truly important to you, and I would like to say you are in a place health-wise that you can do this because all of these inspirational quotes always miss out the fact that you know a lot of people suffer with mental health issues so and they could then make you feel like shit if you can't do it but if you are in a place mentally where you are well and you are are thinking about doing something you can very quickly find out if it's important to you or not because if it is you'll deliver and it is as simple as that and it, it sounds harsh but it's true. I have for the longest time wanted to go. <laughs> this sounds like complete tangent, but there we go. For the longest time wanted to go uh, to a Halloween party as either Black Widow or Lara Croft. Right. But until in my head, I have uh, the body to do that. Um, I don't want to, because I know the way my brain works and then blah, 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 all of that. But I've yet to do that. So I'm like, is that so important to me because if it was i would either have done it or be doing it and i am doing neither of those things literally before we started speaking i was eating bourbons (laughs) 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 do you know what i mean so it's just when there is something um that you want and that you truly want then you 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 do it right yeah
1: yeah absolutely it's the the old line um you can do anything, but you can't do everything. You have yeah. to focus on uh, the things that are important. Um, and if they are that important to them, then you really can do anything. But I'm yeah. very much someone who wants to do everything. And I've got oh, to constantly too. keep reminding myself of that. Oh, line. Gosh, I say that to yeah. myself quite a lot.
2: <laughs> I have this I have this thing where. I need to feel like, sorry, that my dog is barking at my bedroom door. I'm just going to go let him in because he will not stop.
1: Yeah, um, special guest, yeah. please, please.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I have um, I have that thing where I'm just like, I want to do all the things. I can do all the things. Why can't I do all the things? Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm kind of lying, you know, just on the floor. Like, oh, no, I did none of the things.
1: We have we have lost you in audio just a little bit because I think you've stepped away from the mic. But I will tell our listeners, even although they cannot see, um, because they're only going to be listening, your your dog, your pug, is the most adorable dog.
2: Oh, ever. he's so cute. He there would, he is, he's, there yeah, I know oh, they can't see him, but they can probably hear him <laughs> sniffing like a little yeah. truffle pig. We call him <laughs> Truffle Pug because he he's constantly snuffling the ground.
1: Yeah, he's he's adorable. <laughs> um, what does your self-care what what does self care look like to you?
2: <laughs> does that answer your question?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> um, do you know what it depends? Um I go through seasons. So sometimes it is um strict bedtimes, um, you know, strict getting up, strict eating, strict diets. I say strict, I don't mean like um unreasonable i just mean like i've made the decision and that's what i'm doing um and then i'll do that for a while and then something will happen and i'll just kind of fade out of it into what i call um like fallback sam and fallback sam is um oh, i'll exercise tomorrow and but i really want that donut um and i i want to read these books but i also want to play angry birds on my phone um so it depends but when i am my most productive Um, self-care to me looks like getting up before my son because I need that space in the morning. Um, I need that mental space before I can give anything to anyone else. I need to remember that I'm a human and that I'm awake um, and that the things in my room aren't trying to kill me. They're, they're always there. Um, And then I like to write. Um, I do um, free writing in the morning and that's where my poetry usually comes from. Um, And then I would exercise and then kind of, I mean, I used to do meditation, um, but I, I find it kind of difficult because it's a lot of doing nothing and I'm not good at doing nothing. Um, And also meditating in the morning, often I would just realize I'd fallen back to sleep. Um, So not helpful. Um, And then... I have to create something. I was talking about this to my sister earlier. It, like I said to you, it's, it's necessary and in, in whatever way. I mean, it can literally just be me um, painting a picture of something stupid um, and pointless, but to give to like Miles when he gets home. And, you know, it can take me a short amount of time, but I, I have to make sure there is something, some form of creation going on in my day. Um, I drink a lot of water I've always drunk a lot of water though to be fair Um, I drink far too much caffeine I don't think that falls into the self-care camp Um, and then at bedtime it's things like journaling and uh, reading so it's like getting all the thoughts out in the morning when I wake up and then getting all the thoughts out before I go to sleep or at least before I attempt to go to sleep because my insomnia has been kicking my ass recently, um, but yeah, so it's just it's just about taking time for myself, really, and and um, getting out any anything that's been bothering me or, or bugging me. Um, and I, do you know what? I found the poetry. It's strange because I would have thought um, journaling would be the best for that, and I haven't been writing poetry long, um, but I found writing poetry. So so, so helpful. Um, Just getting out what I'm feeling or, or kind of working through kind of past trauma and experiences. It's really helped with that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, self-care is difficult for me. I mean, I don't think it's particularly easy for a lot of people. You know, the idea of looking after yourself, we're so kind of trained that that's selfish, and, you know, you should look after other people and all that stuff. Other people, whatever.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let them look after themselves. That's Self-care for everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we have but, so
1: many similarities that just you were going through your list there. And I was just checking off things in my head. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need to do that too. I like the fact that you do something creative every day. I, I have a wall chart, like a, a, a wall planner type thing. Um, yeah. And it, at, every day I get across it in the box, uh, if, and this is written at the top, the, the task that I need to do is uh, make something new today, even if it sucks. So I have yes. to make something and it can be anything. Some days yeah. it's writing, some days it can be a podcast, uh, some days it can be a new meal or anything at all, but it has to be something. And that's like the one non negotiable. That's the yeah. one thing that made it onto my wall chart. So I love the fact that you did that. And also, I'm also a massive fan of hydrating. Everyone should hydrate much more than they <laughs> right? actually are.
2: I know. I think- the amount of times that i've been to like the doctors or like the hospital or something and they're like are you drinking enough water and whoever's with me just laughs i (laughs) I tend to i mean i've got i mean i'm going to show you but like no one else can see it's like a 2.2 liter um bottle and i usually drink like two maybe three of these so i drink like at least a gallon of water a day
1: um yeah you're you're my hero you're my hero i love (laughs) i love that I drink, then I have these, the hero? yeah, I've got these like liter ones and, uh, but I'll, I'll drink, I'll, you know, a number of these, uh, mm-hmm. every day. And that's, that's actually another non-negotiable. Um, before we get to the, the one question that we ask all our guests, and then we've got a little mm-hmm. quick fire round for you. Um, oh, okay. I've got two, two things I'd just really like to cover before we get to those. And we'll try and do them as, try and do them quickly. If you, if you could go back to the start of November and give yourself some advice. Is there anything that you would give that 34-day younger self? Uh, (laughs) Did you learn anything about NaNoWriMo and about making and writing a book that you wish you'd known earlier? I think you've been making your entire life, so I'm not sure if you will have something, but I'm intrigued.
2: Not so much... That I mean don't get me wrong, I've had amazing advice of um well almost everybody really that that took part, but the thing I would tell myself is you can trust some people and that's okay
1: <laughs> that's a good that's a very good answer I like that yeah um, okay one other thing what's next? what is next for the book? Obviously you've been talking about this Christmas deadline for Mm, your niece and mm -hmm. that is going to be uh the book as good as you can get it but i'm guessing i think you actually said that you're not intending to publish it for everyone before christmas but i'm guessing i'm guessing that is on the cards though right to publish it
2: yeah it is now. It was. Ne- it, I'd never intended to. Um, I'd never intended to publish this book. I have I have a book that has been in my head for about three years that I, I very much want to, to write, but I'd never intended to publish this. Um, but I have fully fallen in love with it. So, yeah, what's next is um, my niece gets it. She loves it. And if she doesn't, she lies to my face, um, <laughs> which I appreciate that I think, you know, more of that.
1: Hopefully she'll um, listen to this podcast so that she learns that she's got to, she needs to do yeah. that.
2: <laughs> you must lie to my face i hope you like it but if you don't i don't need to hear about it um and then and then i want to you know work it properly so send it to to editors and and publish it i mean obviously i don't have a, a date for any of that yet because i've never done any of that so it would be folly of me to try and put a timeline on something because uh, there's, there's a learning curve for sure there um i'm starting um book coaching next year which i'm very excited about um and yeah what's next is is just the same as as before is just to write the words and create the things and keep myself alive doing it
1: <laughs> do you think you'll continue to write more books once it's finished
2: yeah um like i say i've had this i've i mean i literally on my wall have a small canvas of a symbol that i oh god i dreamt about I it wasn't a dream and I woke up and I, and I and I drew it down um and from that picture and from one of the lowest moments in my life came this story um but it's huge and I've always felt like oh it's too big I'm not ready yet but now I'm engaging in this coaching I might just be like here's my idea how do I do this <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's in your future for sure. We have a question that we ask all our guests. Um, I think we've we've covered it, but you might want to word it in a slightly different way. You might have more to add um when asked directly. Why do you write?
2: Oh, god, that's a good question. I would say it is it, yeah, most of what I've said already kind of kind of covers it, but it is it's to tell stories to not just other people, but to myself. I often find writing, in writing, I find out things about myself that I hadn't understood before. And just generally, as with, with any kind of creation, it. and I'm not being um, overdramatic, it literally is the reason I'm still alive. I, I need to create to be well it is that simple. So um, to sound like the biggest wanker in the world, (laughs) I write to stay alive.
1: That does not sound wanky at all. That's maybe (laughs) the best answer I've heard to that question, actually. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay, we are going into a quick fire round. This is just a little bit of fun. We went to some heavy places in our chat, which I, I very much enjoyed. I could talk to you all night about this, but unfortunately we're out of time so this is just a little bit of fun uh 10 questions just answer as quick as you can you can pass if you want to but there's nothing here that's particularly difficult are you ready
2: yes i'm ready
1: okay question one (laughs) crunchy or smooth peanut butter
2: crunchy Uh,
1: what book are you reading at the moment
2: um, I have just started reading uh, The Good Immigrant, which is a collection of essays uh, edited by uh, Nikesh Shukla, I believe. I've probably butchered that name and I apologise.
1: Cool. Question three. What's your favourite internet meme?
2: Oh, God. Um, oh, um, the ice cream, my, uh, the milkshake one. If you see, it's like a cartoon uh, grandson, grandfather Um, and the kid runs in and he looks all like this, there's, there's, the boys are in the yard and the grandfather turns around and goes, my milkshakes.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, Question four, baths or showers? Baths. Question five, who was your first celebrity crush?
2: Oh, Ewan McGregor.
1: Oh, Question six. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. This is might be a tricky one. Actually, this is a bit okay. mean of me. Acting or writing?
2: Oh, well, currently writing, but um, I see them both as creating characters and story. So you can't really separate them. I don't think
1: that was a mean one. Question seven. The last <laughs> thing you watched on TV?
2: Oh my God! What was the last thing I watched on TV? Oh, do you know what? Today I watched an episode of Next Level Authors on my TV on YouTube. But if we're right. talking about like TV, TV, uh, oh, it was elementary. I'm re-watching that for about the 500th time because I'm obsessed with Johnny Lee, Johnny Lee Miller's uh, Sherlock.
1: Question eight. Now we've talked about insomnia a bit, so this is maybe mean as well, but what time <clears throat> is your alarm clock set for?
2: At the minute? six um but i generally wake up about half five um yeah
1: (laughs) question nine theater or cinema
2: cinema and i know that is controversial but yeah
1: question 10 stakes rare or well done
2: oh rare get out with well done
1: I'm with you on that one. Question 11, a little bonus one. Where can our listeners find out more about you and all that you're working on? Your social media handles Mm. or websites?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, at the minute, it would be Instagram, I would say, was the best place to find me. And I believe it's it's something like Single Mum Actor or something because I was being thought i was being incredibly
1: pithy it is um, at single mom actor i uh yeah. have it here in my notes and i follow you uh, i will share all your share that link in the show notes so everyone will be able to get thank it in link to you sam that's us thank you so much for joining me and let me just wish you the very best of luck with the book i know that you're thank gonna you, smash John. it and thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show and talking with thank me you
2: tonight. for
1: having me you're most welcome thanks for listening everyone
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Tune in next week when Faye will be joined by Victoria L.K. Williams. Don't forget that you can catch up on the entire backlist of Great Writer Share episodes, plus a ton of behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, our Slack group, monthly Q&As with me and the other hosts, and even one-to-one coaching from Dan. By joining our Patreon for as little as $1 a month, head on over to patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare for all the details. Until next time.